Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Well, we're continuing this discussion here in Lunchtime Live about um, instances of bullying within the health service, um, allegations of bullying uh, that people feel, uh, complain- complainants feel, haven't been dealt with uh, in a satisfactory manner. Um, we have a response from the HSE today about this. But look, there's still more and more stories coming into us. We spoke to the health spokesperson there for Sinn Féin, David Cullinan, a few moments ago. He has told us here in the programme that he's now going to raise uh, this issue within the uh, the health Iraq this committee um, and in the doll as well with the minister. Uh, a text in here from listeners says I was bullied by two healthcare assistants and when I went forward with a report, one of the two people I mentioned wasn't asked their opinion or ever interviewed about the allegations. They actually responded to my complaint with a complaint themselves. Ultimately, I took early retirement, says this texter. Uh, Tig has got in touch with us as well. Um, Tig, tell us about your experience. Hi, good afternoon. Yeah, my experience happened in 2016. I was bullied via HSE email by a a work colleague. And um, I worked in an environment where there was a very toxic relationship between certain employees. And two previous post holders of my job were left because of the very same reasons. And so then this individual who um, I believe was a serial bully, which basically is somebody who continuously bullies someone at all times. So basically my the email accused me of wrongdoing and all sorts of inappropriate stuff. And it was circulated to a wide um, range of people. I would have contacted the communications manager about that and because I felt it was inappropriate use of HSE email. Um, he didn't get back to me. I got no response from them. So I followed up with a, with a phone call and he told me that he did see it, but uh, didn't respond because he was only interested in, and these are his exact words, our sexual stuff that people might send by email. I didn't think that was very appropriate. So I wrote to the next line of manager up and I arranged a meeting with her and I was accompanied to that meeting by my line manager and when I relayed my experience with the communications manager she basically laughed and said oh yeah that would be whatever his name was uh, she saw nothing basically wrong with it um, she advised me at the time to invoke the grievance procedure which I did that went to stage one and the person appointed to investigate it at stage one was one of the, invi- the individuals who had previously left their post because of bullying by the same individual and, and did so you, did, did this take, like, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed in recent days, or well, certainly one of the, the complaints that a lot of the callers have made, um, is that when they brought the, the issue, you know, to management or to line managers, that they just, you know, it, it wasn't dealt with. But in, in your experience, you did have meetings and, and interviews and there was, you did go through, I suppose, a process. I went through it step by step. I was very systematic in how I approached it. But what the tendency tends to be two things. It's to set you up to fail or frustrate you by delaying it in the hope that you will disengage and just forget about it. And, and what did you do in the, it, end, in the end? Well, I'll tell you what I did. I'll just go, yeah, um, I eventually took um, the, the grievance procedure that went nowhere, basically. It was just left hanging in midair. 
Um, and uh, uh, then I basically invoked dignity at work and I was asked to submit my complaints, which I did. Now, that's a big task because it, relies you, it requires you to detail accounts and times, dates, places, who was present. And for some people, that might be a huge task. Thankfully, I'm kind of organized, and I kept a very detailed account of everything. So I had it all at hand. Mm. I, I submitted that, and that got lost, believe it or not. And somebody mentioned things going missing yesterday, and that was my experience. It got lost. Okay. So, so I had to resubmit. Yeah. So you did that. And, and, and where where are you now within... Well, I retired early in 2018 because the bullying got worse because it just wasn't dealt with, even though my complaints of bullying were upheld. Uh, But I was told in subsequent meetings by HR manager that I was only bullied twice and basically the sense was get over it. Okay, so they Uh, were upheld and and then you took took early retirement then off off the back of this. And the the thing I suppose that's been mentioned a lot by people is this, um, people talk about a, a kind of a culture that exists. Well, it is. It, it, it's institutional bullying because the managers bully as well. It, it mightn't do it deliberately, but there is, a, there is a form of institutional bullying because I, the, the outcome to my investigation, which was a long, drawn-out process, um, I, as part of that process, I was asked to submit a list of witnesses. That list was completely ignored, and the commissioning officer, who was the HR manager, okay. which was an inappropriate thing, okay. I thought, but at the time, I went along with it, um, decided to invest to interview a load of senior managers who were not going to incriminate themselves by saying they were aware of this. So, like the, 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 today, now we're talking about this um, in the context of, I suppose, looking at the the grievance process, if you want to call it that, or the system and the policies that are in place. And uh, David Cullinan mentioned the health spokesperson there that he wants to kind of look at whether, you know, I suppose, look at the robustness of these procedures? I mean, looking back now just on your own experience, how would, would you do things differently? Or, how, I mean, how would you, how do you think well, things could yeah. be improved? Well, I'll tell you, because what happened then, because once the outcome was known and there was absolutely no consequences for this individual's behaviour, they were actually co- co-opted onto a senior management committee shortly after the findings of bullying being made against them. Uh, and I know when other members of that committee would object to their presence, they were told basically to mind their own business and it was nothing to do with them. Uh, the HR manager repeatedly told me that um, get over it basically, it was only happened twice. Um, and the reason it was only happened twice was because she didn't interview the appropriate people. She interviewed okay. people who basically, you know, who weren't going to admit that. Well, actually, interestingly, one of the senior manager that was a interviewed okay. at the end of his interview which was taped said that this was a widespread problem that no yeah. one well that's, that seems to be from, from, from a lot of the emails um, you know that, that I've been receiving I suppose in recent days it's the it's the extent I suppose of this is the one thing that has struck me uh, from a lot of the responses that we've got from people let me bring in Jennifer Jennifer is from the uh, the Better Working Life campaign Jennifer Foster Jennifer you, you've been listening I suppose to this discussion here in the programme over the past three days and one thing that a lot of the callers say is that you know they describe bullying within the health service as being endemic like is it that? Well, it's endemic in most industries unfortunately Andrea and I just want to say thank you for inviting me on today um, yes, I was listening to Tyg and to be very honest, 
with you, his experience is very typical of all of bullying in the workplace in most cases. Um, unfortunately, I also listened to David Cullinan, who described the uh, training for managers in the HSE to be, uh, I think he said, was it seven years ago? And talked again, about 2015, that, yeah, to the best of his yeah, knowledge. Yeah, so that's, re- that's really typical. And there was a new bullying code of practice, which was brought out uh, in 2021 by the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment on the prevention and resolution of bullying in the workplace. And that should, along with that, there should have been um, extensive training for HSE professionals and all professionals in all industries. Unfortunately, when that was brought out in 2021, um, it was around COVID time and employers weren't actually even aware of the code of practice. Did you did you say did you say sorry Jennifer that the 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 training program the fact that 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 David Cullen Ann said to the best of his knowledge hadn't taken place this program being ruled out since 2015 did you say that was typical? It is typical. It's very typical that managers aren't trained in uh, bullying and harassment. It's extremely typical in the research that my colleagues and my and the members of my committee have carried out. It's extremely typical. And unfortunately, it's widespread. It's not just in the HSE. So and people, so people are being are being appointed to management positions, yeah. and and talking about you know in in something in particular like in a healthcare setting where yeah. you know it's typically a very highly stressful gig at the best of times. Absolutely, you know, and you're telling Absolutely. me that people they go through no training. It's just a totally different job. Through. Andrew, they don't go through training. They don't even go through management training. Never mind um, bullying and harassment training. But if they you've gone through, the, if you've gone, if you've gone through, you know, your four week or your four year undergrad program to become a nurse or what, you know, in whatever area you go into the health service, yeah. it's a very different job, though, working as a, a, um, a nurse manager in a ward. Managers do not know legislation. In fact, some HR managers do not know legislation. And this is the problem that we have to get. The, in, in fairness, the health minister, we need to get to um, the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney, and we need for him to change legislation. It's not really, the, it, it's, it's an industry, it, it's a multi-industry-wide problem. It's not just a HSE problem. So the Industrial Relations Act is basically non-enforceable. If you take a case, once you've exhausted internal process, like Tyg said, if you take a case to the WRC and under the Industrial Relations Act, the employer does not have to attend. And basically uh, what is found it does not have to be, um, the employer does not have to um, take part or to change policy or they can just... Uh, recommendations aren't enforceable. You have to go to the Labour Court for that okay. to be the case. Um, and the Labour Court, you're talking about a lot of money. Yeah, and so I, I, the normal I, I, individual doesn't have it's it. It's beyond, yeah. I mean, I would have, look, maybe it was my own, you know, ignorance. I would have just assumed that in moving from a position of working as a nurse or senior nurse in a ward, that if you were, you know, being promoted to becoming a nurse manager where you might be managing nine or 10 or 11, whatever number of people in these stressful and like in in life-changing positions where they're, you know, caring for people, I would have just assumed there was at a minimum some sort of a one-week programme or something you'd be sent on. 
Well, I haven't got total information on that, but from yeah, well, what David Cullinan said, it's, it's yeah. hasn't. Well, we're, but I we, know in different industries, it's it not, doesn't happen. Okay. It doesn't. I, I'm going to get... If I could just say one yeah. thing, Andrea, the Health and Safety Authority has a big role here to play. They um, ensure codes of practice and policies that are, are adhered to, but they do not assist the individual. So you're told to contact the Health and Safety Authority. They're supposed to act upon the information you give them. Unfortunately, because of their inaction, they can actually leave an individual in greater detriment to when uh, before the individual okay. contacted them. Because as, as uh, Tyg said, once you raise your head above the parapet, Andrea, you are now going to be charged. Well, that I have to say, that is the experience certainly um, of, or that's the, the claim made by a lot of the people who've got in touch with us. In fact, I had one caller on the show on the first day we were talking about this who said actually with hindsight, she wouldn't encourage people to make a complaint, which is just, it's an extraordinary place if that's where we're at. Uh, Jennifer, listen, Jennifer Foster from the Better Working Life Campaign, thank you for, for joining us in the programme. Uh, if you're just tuning into us, we were chatting to the health spokesperson there for Sinn Féin, David Cullinan, a little earlier. Uh, he says he's now going to raise this issue at the um, Arachbus Health Committee and too with the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly and we get on we have got on to the HSE to find out about when this management training last took place and um, what exactly that entails Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan brought to you by Avant Money weekdays at midday on News Talk